Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. This past Tuesday night was Sea Day, wasn't it? Sea Day because it was Census Day across Australia. Everyone on Aussie soil was required to fill out a census form and praise the Lord, Janelle did that for us. I hope we don't have any Jedis here this morning. I hope we have Christians, Lutheran Christians as well as it was on the form. But as you work through those questions on Tuesday night, I wonder if you saw what the, uh, what the article in Monday's Post saw. It was very interesting. The article talked about Sea Day, where the sea stood for all the things that we actually have in common. There are so many basic things that we as people have in common. And yet it's so much easier to pick out what's different about a person than to see what you have in common with them. And that's why we're surprised, I think, when we make the effort to really get to know someone else and all of a sudden your differences fade into the background. They're not important anymore because what you see in a friend are all the great things that you actually have in common with them. That's the reward that we receive when we make the effort or when others make the effort with us. But it doesn't always happen that way. Too often we use our differences to provide enough self-justification to ignore people, to fear or to be scared of them, to look past them, to live separately from them, to avoid inviting them into our home. Basically, I think to reject them. And sometimes we catch ourselves doing it, but tragically, there are times when we don't even notice we're doing it anymore. Who did Jesus and his disciples see in the Gospel? Who did they see? You see, a Canaanite woman enters the scene making all kinds of noise and Jesus and his band of followers are confronted with this annoying and persistent woman. And she wasn't just any woman, she was a Canaanite woman. Who did the disciples see when they looked at her? Certainly not what they had in common. Maybe they thought back to the Israelites entering the promised land and the words of Deuteronomy 20:17 echoing in their heads, completely destroy them, the Hittites, the Amorites, Canaanites and a whole lot of others as the Lord your God has commanded you. Otherwise, they will teach you to follow all the detestable things they do in worshipping their gods and you will sin against the Lord your God. Did they see someone who was unclean? unfit for fellowship with them? Did they see a pagan person? Regardless, this woman continues. She continually cries out in a loud voice, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. And she won't stop. And Jesus doesn't answer her and so the disciples get up beside Jesus asking, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. Did they mean, can you get rid of her, Lord? We're really uncomfortable having her around making all this racket. Can you get rid of her? Have you come across people like that at church where everything would be a whole lot more comfortable if they just left? Jesus responds with this cryptic saying, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. This will make more sense in a minute, but... By now the woman, she's on her knees in front of Jesus begging, Lord, help me. She's desperate. She's a mother to a daughter who is cruelly tormented by demonic forces and she's on her knees crying out for help, crying out names like Lord and Son of David. 
names reserved for the promised Messiah. And so it can seem just a little bit shocking when Jesus responds with this little parable of the children and the dogs. Jesus replies, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Anyone here have a pet dog? Who's got a pet dog? Let me see a show of hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few of you who've got pet dogs. I've had a couple of dogs too. And how happy and glad is your dog when food drops off the table and onto the floor? How happy are they? They rejoice, don't they? I've had a blue healer and a black Labrador and man, they rejoice when something drops on the ground. Talk about rejoicing. I've never seen such joy. What I've seen in my own dogs are animals that relish every single meal or scrap handed to it as if it's its last meal. I mean, they'll take all kinds of food and they'll perform every trick you require of them as well before you give them a single dog biscuit. Dogs are so thankful for every morsel. That's usually where the analogy ends for us, I think, isn't it? Would you like to be called dogs? No? Wouldn't like to be called dogs? It's a bit offensive, isn't it? A puppy. To be called a dog is offensive for us, but it wasn't for that Canaanite woman. Not at all. The children in the parable of this children and the dog, the children are the lost uh, people of Israel. And the pet dogs in the parable are the other nations, including this woman and her daughter. The dogs that Jesus mentions aren't offensive kinds of wild dogs. They are pet dogs and house pets. Pet dogs and house pets. And what everyone seems to miss here is that these dogs are still at the dinner table with the children. They're still at the dinner table. They're not chained up outside. They're in the house. They're under the table. Yes, Jesus' ministry is focused on the lost sheep of Israel, as he said earlier. But in the meantime, even the Gentiles can still relish every morsel and crumb of the life-changing gospel of forgiveness and healing as the message is preached to the Jews. Now, amazingly though, amazingly for this Canaanite woman, to be a pet dog at the table is all that matters for her in this moment. One scrap, one crumb of that powerful kingdom bread is all it takes for her worst nightmare to be over and her daughter's life to be transformed. To be a pet dog under the table, lying in wait, is all that matters for her in this moment. And I can only imagine the intensity of this woman eyes fixed on Jesus as she awaits his response. And verse 28 reads, Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. What was her secret? Why was her faith so great? He never told the disciples they had great faith. Wouldn't you love to have great faith or at least a little bit more than what you have? More often than not, don't we feel like Peter in the storm sinking and uh, crying out, Lord, help me. Jesus saying, oh, you of little faith. 
There's only one other place in, in the New Testament where Jesus commends a person for having great faith and it's another Gentile. Do you know who it is? Yeah, it's the centurion, the centurion in Matthew 8. And listen to the posture and the attitude of this centurion. Listen to it. The centurion replied to Jesus, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Two times. The Canaanite woman was honoured to be a pet dog under the table eating crumbs. The centurion acknowledged that he didn't deserve to have Jesus come under his roof and he submitted himself fully to Jesus' authority. He didn't need any fuss, just one word from Jesus. What's the posture and the attitude of these two people? They are as beggars before the Lord. They are as beggars before the Lord. That's what they have in common, even though they are two very different people. I want to ask you today, what do you have in common with the two of them? Are you content to forego all the fuss and receive a simple word from Jesus? Are you happy to kneel in the dust at his feet to be a beggar? Or is that beneath you? doesn't matter what country you're from. doesn't matter what you do with your life. doesn't matter what tax bracket you're in or whether you're young or whether you're old. We all share one thing in common today, census day or not, and this never changes. We are as beggars before the Lord. And this isn't very culturally acceptable. And so some people may take this news as if they've been called a dog. And that's okay because sometimes... God's truth is confronting to human pride. The cross of Christ is not a right that you or anyone else deserves. Its beauty lies in the very fact that you don't deserve it and yet Christ died for you. This is an ongoing struggle for all of us. The truth is that to be a beggar before the Lord is where every true disciple belongs. And like that Canaanite woman, know today that you are, be, you are blessed to be a beggar under the Lord's table. It's what makes great faith because it is excited to receive everything God has to give. It's great because it rests solely on the promises of God. Great faith holds fast to the mysteries of God. That when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And that means that through Jesus you have special access to God in a whole new way. Hebrews 10 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised 
is faithful. With the cross, with the temple curtain being torn in two, with Jesus dying and rising in your place, you can confidently come into the most holy place, a place that was reserved for the high priest of the temple once per year. You can enter that place through faith in Jesus and pray, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. You can pray that simple little scriptural prayer knowing that the Lord is faithful and that he will fill your empty hands with everything you need but cannot provide for yourself. Whether that be strength in your marriage, whether that be courage to face those difficult times ahead of you, whether that be a voice to pray for your family and friends, whether it be vision to see beyond outward appearances, Words to speak to someone who needs help. The will to serve instead of demanding service wherever you go. Whatever it is that you need, you can cry out, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy on me. Fill my empty hands with every good gift from above, Lord. Believe it or not, that's great faith. It's not a matter of being a hero or some kind of super believer or better than the next person. It's about learning, in fact, that you are a beggar. It's a matter of being aware that you have nothing to bring before God and nothing to say to God except maybe, Lord, help me. Help me. Give me what I need. I bet you've heard this a million times. Luther's famous last words on this earth. We are beggars. That is the truth. Maybe that would be a better option for the census form than people writing Jedi. Instead, write beggar. We are God's beggars from the font to the grave, kneeling before a loving and mighty Lord with our empty hands open, ready to be filled with the bread of heaven. Beggars made rich. Beggars loved and dressed in fine clothes. Beggars adopted and brought in from the cold baptised into the royal family, beggars lifted up by the forgiveness and grace of Jesus Christ. Friends, that is great faith. As you walk out of here today and see people who are very different from you and you are going to see people who are different from you, remember what you have in common. We are all beggars. That is the truth. Maybe you could even befriend a fellow beggar and show them where to find the eternal bread that's made your empty hands very full, even to the point of overflowing today. In Jesus' name, Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds safe in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen.